Cultivated Marketer, Episode 22, Employee Communications with Katie McCauley, Part 1. In this episode of Cultivated Marketer, we talk with Katie McCauley, a leading voice in employee communications. She helps organizations create more engaged and connected employees. Hear how. Welcome to Cultivated Marketer, where we talk marketing professional development so your garden of opportunity grows. This is Brent Bowen, and today I'm out without Matt. I've had a lot of major life events the the last couple weeks. Actually, it's been almost two months since we had this conversation with with Katie, and we offer her our apologies in and thank her for her patience in getting this episode out. We, in my family, we've had not one, but two deaths in the family in the last six weeks. And that's really kind of rocked our, rocked our world. One was unexpected and the other not as unexpected, but also just equally painful and, and troubling to get through. So we appreciate your patience. And next time I'll have Matt on and we can talk a little bit more about what's been going on, but. I wanted to make sure that we ended up getting this first part of our conversation with Katie McCauley. Katie is the managing director of AB, an agency designed to help organizations reach their full potential by creating informed and engaged and more connected employees. She's also the host, so kindred spirit in this regard, the host of the internal comms podcast, And she knows Matt a little bit through her work from IABC. So we were thrilled to have her on and to start exploring the world of employee communications. One of the things, having spent years in the employee communications world before I shifted over to to marketing, you know, I spent time working at Sprint, which is now T-Mobile, largely in employee communications, and then also some other places is it was often looked as being you know, the, the stepchild, quite frankly, to external communications and marketing. And we explore that a little bit with Katie and particularly how it's gained significant importance, particularly when you consider the pandemic and how important now that we've got a remote workforce, potentially you, you've got, you know, the great resignation that's taken place. There's been renewed emphasis really around employee communications. We, we explore that with Katie and I don't want to keep you from that conversation with Katie and we'll let you get right to it. Enjoy the first part of Matt and my conversation with Katie McCauley. We'll be back with part two in a couple weeks and all of this that's transpired over the last couple months for me has really allowed me to reflect more on values. And I know that was a direction Matt and I were planning on going anyway, is discussing values in communications and marketing. And that's something we're going to talk about as value systems in the upcoming episodes. But for now, enjoy our conversation with Katie McCauley. Welcome to Cultivated Marketer, where we talk marketing professional development so your garden of opportunity grows. This is Brent Bowen. And I'm Matt Tidwell. And today we have a tremendous guest. Our guest is Katie McCauley. 
Katie is a leading voice in employee communication. She's managing director of AB, an agency designed to help organizations reach their full potential by creating informed, engaged, and connected employees. She's also the host, and we're going to talk a little bit about this throughout the, throughout the chat today. She's the host of the Internal Comms Podcast, and she knows Matt yes. because she served in the role as International Executive Board Member for IBC. How unfortunate for her to have spent so much time with Matt, right? So Katie has more than 25 years of experience in communications, working in almost every industry sector including corporate to agency roles. And another big note about Katie, Katie is also the author of From Cascade to Conversation, Unlocking the Collective Wisdom of Your Workforce. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you for that very lovely introduction. Of course, of course. You have a lot of, a lot of wisdom to share. You know, I had an intern this summer that I, I'm, I'm going to be channeling one of my interns, I think, through some of the questions this summer. So. Oh, good. I look forward to it. Yeah, Katie, thank you so much for joining us. And, and you know, it's interesting because Brent and I were, we, we had a little setup down in the bottom of World Conference there where we were pulling some folks down and you may have seen them on our previous guest list. And, and you and I were very busy with board meetings. And so it was, it was just hard for us to, to really connect there. So uh, triply glad that we've been able to lock you in here for, for a few minutes with us. And, and I know you're joining us from, from your office in, in the UK. So We'll be mindful of time. I know it's a little bit later there, so. But again, thank thank you so much for coming. And Brent did a good job covering your your bio as it's stated on websites and things like that. But I, I'd like to ask you a little bit more about kind of the story, maybe behind the story. Why internal communications has been your pretty much sole career focus, and and I'm just curious how that came to be. Was that was that by choice? Did it evolve that way over time? Help, help us understand kind of where that selection came in. Yes, it did evolve over time. So going way back when, I think I was lucky growing up because I always knew roughly what I wanted to be. At that stage growing up, I wanted to be a journalist. So there was always that desire to work with words. And I'd love to tell you that I was inspired by some, you know, Pulitzer winning writer. It, it was actually Lois Lane. I'll be very honest with you. It was Lois Lane. So, you know, here we had Superman running around with underpants over a pair of tights. Mm, you know, the sort of six, seven, eight, nine-year-old Katie was much more interested in Lois's drive to get the story, you know, to get her name above the fold, as we used to say in the old newspaper world. And early on in my career, I did work across the disciplines. So I did a bit of a stint in investor relations, a bit of brand management for a big global bank. When I found internal communications, my eyes just lit up. It was that perfect combination, I think, of being fascinated by business, being fascinated by how organisations run, and then just loving words and content as that whole mixture that made internal comms. Just for me, I knew where where I, that I'd sort of found somewhere that I would really belong. And I'm lucky enough now to have my dream job running AB. It's claim to fame, and I'm hoping maybe one of your listeners will dispel us of this myth, but we believe it's the world's oldest internal comms agency. So it was set up by a man called Anthony Buckley, who was printing, I kid you not, the Financial Times on Fleet Street in 1964. And he was looking at all these people coming, going to and from work and wondered whether chief executives, because there were no internal comms departments in those days, probably a few marketing departments, 
where the chief executives would like that kind of professionalism that he was seeing in the newspaper world applied to the way they wanted to communicate with their employees. And that's why he set up AB. And here we are today. That's, that, that's a great story. And, and you're going to get Brent excited here because I know he's a he's a Marvel fan and a comic fan. And so <laughs> I saw you perk up there at the Superman reference. I, I did perk up at the Superman reference or, and know Lois Lane's story well. So that that drive and motivation tied to tied to Lois. I understood that reference very well. Most folks aren't saying, Katie had remarked and folks on the show, because we break the fourth wall here, don't see my backdrop on here. But but Katie did and remarked on it before we got started that it's full of geekery, I, right? And when Matt's here live, this is the confines of doing it. Yeah, and Superman would be very well at home here in my <laughs> in my office. So I love it. One of the things I want wanted to ask you about. So you you talked about this, you know, in the Lois Lane reference. She was the certainly the purveyor of words, right? But you've transitioned that love of words into a love of audio. And I want to ask you a little bit about your podcast. So the internal comms podcast, obviously within the role and your your expertise, but help us understand maybe the the genesis of the podcast and how internal comms ended up becoming a, a focus for the show. I was wondering to myself how to answer this this question. When I get asked it, I do wonder whether to tell the absolute truth. I will be honest with you both. The podcast was born, I think, slightly out of a little bit of fear. And I think after you've been in any profession, and now I've been in comms since 1990, so everyone can do the maths and discover how old I really am. But there is a danger, I think, after three decades that you start to rely on what you've always known, your experience, your history, and you stop learning. And for me, that was, I wanted to get into interesting conversations with interesting people so that I could still develop my thinking, my understanding, new approaches, new ideas. So that it was in a, in a way slightly born out of that fear of not wanting to stagnate. I've always loved the interview process. So researching somebody's life, their work, and hopefully asking really smart questions. My secret ambition with every interview is to ask that question where the interviewee stops for a moment and says, oh, no one's asked me that before. And you almost mm-hmm. can hear their brain working. And I, and I love that so much. I love that moment. But having said all of that, I launched the show and I honestly thought we'd get to three or four episodes. My mum might listen, my sister might listen, and that would be it. And on the day we launched, people kept coming into my office in the days when we were all working on one site and saying, we got into the iTunes new and noteworthy chart and we're at number 69 and then we're at number 32. And we ended that day at number nine, I think, in the iTunes new and noteworthy chart. And I just thought to myself, there's an audience. There is an audience for this niche show about how to help organizations communicate better with their people. Who knew? And here we are now at episode 66. We've had some amazing guests on the show, the father of employee engagement, William Kahn, Sally Sussman, VP of comms at Pfizer that was on the Pfizer Development Task Force. Amazing people on the show. Chris Voss, the hostage negotiator, 
because I have a secret interest oh, in wow. how hostage negotiation can help you communicate. We could go down that rabbit hole if you wanted to. But anyway, yes, yeah, so it's been fantastic. And now, yes, we get roughly 20,000 listens to every show, which I'm told is, is you know, is, is, is not a bad stat. So I'm loving it, basically. <laughs> it's an excellent, it's quite frankly, an excellent stat. And so I'm curious because there was a question I was going to ask you around you know, the audience, so much of podcasting is around the audience and intent for the audience. And maybe I have two parts to this. One being the, the question I intended to ask you, which is around anything that has surprised you from an audience engagement with that kind of stat, that kind of listenership. I'm, I'm sure you're hearing from an audience, but anything that surprised and delighted you from an audience engagement standpoint where they've gotten back to you about the show? I am. This is what's so funny, isn't it? I look at the stats quite often on SoundCloud that give me my listenerships. And I can see it. I can see it's tens of thousands. And then I'm in a conversation with someone like yesterday, actually, in a real life event, a real life IABC event. And people walk across the room and say, I love your show. And every time it takes me by surprise. And I'm so grateful. And I'm so delighted. So I think in some ways, you if, you if you try to think about everyone that might be listening and how to make everyone happy, you would never do it. You would, you would, it would strike fear in your heart. So <laughs> what I generally do is I try to imagine the last person who's just spoken to me and that I'm just merely recording for that one person. And that helps me deal with the nerves that I'd feel if I thought, oh, am I going to get 23,000 plays to this one. I think that's a, that, that can be quite worrying. What I do find quite interesting is that my listeners tend to be at all stages of their career, which is interesting. Early on, I think sometimes because they're very keen on maybe some careers advice I might be giving them. And then later on in their career, because I might be interviewing a neuroscientist, a behavioral scientist, you know, on the outer reaches of our discipline, those kinds of topics that are influencing our profession. So I do try to swing between the basics, and I, I mean, I can go into what I think the basics are for internal comms folks, and also, as I say, those, what I would call the outer edges, but actually becoming more and more important in our space, understanding data and research and collecting that, understanding the difference between an outcome and an output, not the same thing, how to measure properly, how to influence our stakeholders, all of these kinds of things. So it's a wide gamut. And I suppose it's that diversity of conversation that I partly love as well. That's drawing the audience. And that's lovely. And but the genesis you mentioned was really about you. And I love I love your platform around thinking around one audience member and maybe the last person you talk to, right? Yes. But this started as an audience of one as you, right? With the notion of you thinking through your fear, or I would call it your desire for continual learning. So you mentioned the, the hostage negotiator. What, what guest ended up in your desire to continually learn? Is there an episode or two or a guest or two where you felt like you just really learned something new? that kind of filled, that filled your cup with the, you know, with respect to your, your intent to create the show? Do you know what, honestly, and this is going to sound like, you know, this is going to sound like a PR answer. I, but I genuinely, <laughs> and I can say that on this show, because you know exactly what I mean. I genuinely learn something new 
in every conversation. And, and that's what's so delightful. But I reached out to Professor William Kahn because we talk about employee engagement a lot in internal comms. And back in 1990, Professor William Kahn wrote this paper for the Academy of Management Journal where he mentions employee personal engagement, not employee engagement, and he never uses that phrase once. But taken from that paper was this concept of employee engagement, and we all know the history of that. Now, almost every organisation, large and small, on earth has tried to measure it or still does measure it on a regular basis. So I wanted to go back to the beginning, if you like, and find out what he meant by engagement all those years ago, whether he thinks our pursuit of measuring it has been a fulfilling and useful one, short answer is no, he doesn't. And hmm. also, I was aware, and that's what my first question to him was, I'm so sorry to ask you about something you wrote about, which was your doctoral thesis 30 years ago, when I can see you've done all this work since then, and I'm dragging you back to this thing that you wrote and does it ever get sort of surprising or frustrating that people keep dragging you back to this? And he was extremely charming and extremely lovely. But at the end of the day, he's an organisational psychologist. He understands organisations and leadership. And there was this moment in the show where we were talking about what makes a great leader. And I was listening intently to him. And I said, I think what you're telling me is that great leaders need to be open to confrontation to be comfortable with tension and disagreement, to be themselves in the room, to listen really hard. And he sort of stopped me and said, Katie, yes, but you're missing one crucial thing. First of all, they need to be comfortable with their own personal level of uncomfort. They need to be comfortable with their own human messiness and inadequacies first. And it, it's moments like that where you think you've got it all mapped out and you think you've got it all clear and someone comes at you from left field with another thought that you never had. I interviewed someone yesterday, Mari Lee, who spoke at World Conference about qualitative research. And she threw this idea in from left field about how every employee should own employee engagement. That actually it was up to all of us if we work in an organisation to ensure that our colleagues and our teammates are having an engaging experience at work. I was like, oh, I've never thought about that before. I always thought it, it should be looked after and owned by HR or internal comms. But this is a radical thought that actually we could all be owners of this concept. So yes, every single time, I'll be honest with you, something new <laughs> comes up. And I think we could echo that. So I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Well, actually, I very much did mean to put you on the spot. But I think Matt and I echo that sentiment of every time we have a guest on the show, he and I are learning something unique and different. And I think of the impetus for our show in a lot of ways is to not only for for he and I to be able to to pick up those learnings, but then to be able to share them with the listeners. So thank you for for sharing and doing that in your own way and in the internal communication. Yeah, I'm just say that I'm just ringing a lot of bells that you have conversations you and I have had about how much we've gained, you know, out of the show and really in the sense that, that we're our own audience in that way as well. But that's great. Katie, you talk a little bit about just kind of, and, and when you go through Katie's library, it really is impressive just kind of the, the depth and breadth around this internal communications topic. So I know that, you know, the, the topic has really exploded and, and given you all sorts of avenues to explore but I'm curious about that because when you have a singular focus for a show, 
how do you really make those choices? Do you just try to keep us current? I mean, obviously you work in the business, so that helps. But, you know, how are you constantly learning mm. to where am I going to take the show next? And I, I was just getting, I was starting listening to your show this time, which was on a topic called combating internal communications isolation, which I thought was so, I mean, you're really, you're, you're taking this a mile deep here. How do you, how do you make those choices? How do you keep current? <laughs> that's such a, that's such a good question. So what I do do is I think quite broadly about both the individual that I'm speaking to and where they're based in the world and who they represent. So yes, I love interviewing experts and consultants and authors, for example, we get a real kick out of that. But I'm also really keen also to interview what I would call, you know, real people, the practitioners who are in organisations doing this every day. The combating isolation one came about because a lot of internal comms folks are actually a team of one. And they may be in an organization where internal communications is still a pretty immature function. It's not broadly understood what it does within the business. And even today, there is a broad range of from one end of the spectrum, SOS, so sending stuff out, you know, the canteen, the menu in the canteen has changed, or IT is going down at four o'clock today, through to I'm a new chief executive. I've got a set of values. I've got a mission for this business. I've got a purpose for this business. And I want people to connect and understand and really bring this, this thought that I have to life or this strategy to life. So there's a real spectrum. So what I, what I do with the show is I try to alternate between, let's not forget the basics. So for example, how might you align your IC activities to your organization's priorities? How might you build and maintain effective channels? How might you measure what you're doing? How do you create credible, compelling content when often this is not content that anyone has necessarily paid to read or signed up for? So in the external world, we subscribe, we unsubscribe. In the internal world, you get sent this stuff. And for a long time, leaders thought you ought to read it just because you're on the payroll. Now, the first thing I say to leaders is, I'm sorry, but no one owes you their attention. And you're going to have to earn that. And you're going to have to work just as hard, if not harder, when it comes to your employee audience. And also, by the way, you can't market to them. Not quite in the same way as you might like to think you can market to your external audience, because guess what? Every day they see behind, you know, they see under the bonnet. They're pulling the curtain back. They know what's going on. So you have to be brutally open and honest. Otherwise, you're just going to lose credibility. Um, so there are some real basics. And then I guess there are also things happening right now. So we're reading about quiet quitting. Before that, we were reading about the great resignation, where I think there are trends that we need to think, be cognizant of and wonder how does this influence our role and how we approach our work. So it is a very, I, I'd be honest, it's a very broad range, but I try to think about it as what well, staying close to home and the basics as, as well as thinking broadly about societal trends. Great, thanks. Thanks for joining us on Cultivated Marketer with Katie McCauley, part one, where we've talked a little bit about internal communications. We're going to pick this conversation up and talk about the shifting demands of internal comms. So think pandemic, remote workforce, 
quiet quitting and some advice for newer marketing professionals. So be sure to join us for part two of our conversation with Katie McCauley, where we talk the shifting landscape of internal communications. Thanks folks. Take care. If you found value in today's episode, check us out on our website, cultivatedmarketer.com. You'll also be able to subscribe to us, rate us, and leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Remember, a garden of opportunity grows with Cultivated Marketer.